Well, Paul sets up the credentials for leadership, and that's very interesting. The Holy Spirit sets up our credentials. We'll talk about what that means and more coming up. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Rod Hembert. I'm Janice. This is Bible Discovery TV. We are talking about the Bible in about three minutes. We're going to talk about Titus. What a great man he was. And we'll talk about what Paul said to him. It's going to be very good. Ryan, what's going on? All right. Well, Titus, to whom Paul is writing, was a pastor on the island of Crete. And what's really fascinating is that one of the most incredible artifacts ever discovered was found on this island. So we'll talk about that a little later. Really? That's going to be interesting. Okay. We'll look forward to that. Jen? We have our fun Friday wrap-up question. We can put Ryan on the spot, maybe even Richard on the spot today, and you at home. Anywhere from 1 Thessalonians through to Titus 3, I hope you're ready. All right, we're going to be teaching in about three minutes, so let's get ready and open up the Bible and listen to what God says. Titus 1, 1 through 16. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness, in the hope of eternal life which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested His word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, a true son in our common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children not accused of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop must be blameless, as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful words as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and whole deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure but even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Titus chapter 1, verses 1 
through 16. Titus chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3 as Paul continues to write to his disciples. Now Paul writes to Titus. And Paul's letter to Titus is similar to the letters to Timothy regarding the structure of the church and the behavior that should characterize the church leadership. The qualifications of the church leadership given to Titus are exactly the same as in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Paul speaks about leadership abiding by a certain moral culture. God's ways are different than the ways of this world. Christian leadership must show it with their lives. Crete was not the place to adopt their worship to God's worship, but to bring a new standard into the church. Paul explains that Titus must keep this standard and arrange the church in such a way that it's very different from any other religious gatherings. Titus's assignment was very difficult, nevertheless. It was a requirement of God, and Paul speaks this way. This is a really good one, I'll tell you. As we focus on this, I need to tell you that uh, if you don't have a Bible guide, you can write to us or call us and get a hold of yours. Um, th this is really important because if you want to get the Bible guide for next month, January, we're going through the Bible again. Every year we do this. And uh, th this is the time we do the purge and we take you off if we haven't heard from you all year. So make sure that if you want to continue to get the Bible guide, you write to us or let us know. Or you can go to Bible Discovery TV and get it there. Sign up there as well. Click on the Bible guide. It'll take you to a page. Thank you for your donations in advance. And uh, praise God that keeps us live and strong. So thank you for that. And uh, it takes you to a page you can download them just as we printed them. We have a lot of people downloading them. That's particularly important overseas. So if you're in Africa or Europe or Australia, that's really important. Today, we're going to talk about the church at Crete. We've been talking about the church all over the place, and now the church at Crete, really? Yes, actually, that's true, because these churches are fascinating. Father, help us today as we open up your Bible, help us to hear it, and read about what you told Titus as he is responsible to pastor the church at Crete, not people that were designed for discipline and worship. Help us, Father, to understand, because that's like a lot of us today. We're not disciplined in worship. Help us to realize the importance of following you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now let's open the scripture and look carefully at this in Titus chapter 1. It says, Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. That's how he begins. According to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifest or made known his word through, a, through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandments of God, our Savior. Now, this is fascinating. Paul sets up and establishes his credentials. Now, as Christians, our credentials are unique. The Holy Spirit sets us up with them. I said this before. I'll say it again, because a lot of people don't really understand this. Ordination is something that 
You're following the lead of the Holy Spirit. That's important. You're following. You're not saying that I ordain you so now you can pastor. God chooses his pastors for the church. We respond to that and then ordination comes. Now, it so happens that we educate people and ordain them now, but that doesn't mean that they're automatically a pastor. God is the one who chooses pastors, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can become somebody who loves the Lord, but there is a calling to become a pastor. Very important to hear that because the Lord speaks to us in that way. And Paul speaks to Titus. He says in chapter one, verse four, to Titus, a true son, in our common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this reason, I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accustomed to of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine or teaching both to exhort and convict those who contradict. Paul speaks about pastors and leaders and says they must live a life faithfully, upholding the word of God. Christians will live to follow the word even when it's not popular. Even when it's not popular? Absolutely. When it's opposite of whatever is cool, whatever is great, or whatever, whatever is hip, whatever's going on, God's word tells the truth. That's what the truth means, that we follow it regardless. Otherwise, the world just takes you here and there and whips you around like waves on a sea. But we need to remember that the Bible is a sturdy foundation, and the waves go around it, and they, they're broken as they run into it. Keep that in mind. Beloved, we, we learn the Bible because the Bible keeps us strong, keeps us steady. We need to keep in the Bible. We're going to do that next year as well. All right, let's go to Titus 1 verse 10 because this is interesting. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and whole deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert households, teaching things which they ought not to for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, I want you to rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in faith. Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn up from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. Understand that. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and their consciousnesses are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, 
being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Paul explains that challenges against the truth of God will come even from those who profess to know him. Beloved, we must keep our relationship with God clean and pure through daily repentance and knowing his word. Have you read the Bible today? Have you read the Bible today? Because you need to read the Bible. This program is all about the Bible. The Bible is easy to get a hold of. And you need to understand the word of God. Hear it today, read it, and know it today. Welcome back to the program. Today we read Paul's personal letter to Titus. Now, Titus was a pastor who was assigned to set in order the church at Crete. And Crete has a really fascinating history. For example, the Minoan people who lived there in the distant past, even before Titus, were well known for their incredible technological savvy. As a matter of fact, although these people belong to one of the world's most ancient of cultures, their technology was way ahead of its time thousands of years ahead. As one example, consider the Feistus disc. Check it out. Since excavations first began back in 1899, many startling discoveries have been made on the Mediterranean island of Crete. Indeed, though Crete was once home to the Minoans, an ancient civilization dating to between 2150 and 1450 BC, many of their technological innovations were way ahead of their time. For example, the Minoans were master builders, and their very large palaces often contained technological features which rivaled that of the Romans some 1400 to 2000 years later. Some of these features included running water, drainage systems, toilets, and baths. Also found among these ruins were various high-quality artifacts made of elements such as rock crystal, ivory, gold, and clay which clearly display the wealth, craftsmanship, and artistry of the Minoans. One of the most mysterious of these relics was discovered among some pottery at the Minoan Palace of Phaistus in Crete in the early 1900s. Dubbed the Phaistus disc, it is a small circular clay disc, roughly 16 and a half centimeters across and one centimeter thick, that has been impressed on both sides with pictograms and symbols resembling hieroglyphics. This artifact is quite unique because unlike other Minoan clay tablets, which were left unbaked, this disc was deliberately fired, which gave permanency to the symbols contained on it. Also interesting is that these mysterious and indecipherable symbols are arranged in a line that spirals in clockwise from the outer edge of the disc to the center, or perhaps the other way round. And although there are 241 characters on the disc, many are repeated, so that only 45 different glyphs or symbols are present. Yet the most remarkable feature of the Physis disc is the fact that the various signs are identical each time they occur. This means that these symbols were not carved by hand. 
Rather, stamps carved from wood or cast in metal must have been used to print the symbols into the clay, which would make this the world's earliest example of movable type. Indeed, the Phaestus disc is dated to approximately 1700 BC, and if correct, then the Minoans were 2500 years ahead of the Chinese, who reinvented movable type in the 9th century AD. The Minoan civilization is very much out of place within evolutionary history. Such an ancient culture could not have been evolved enough to accomplish such great technological feats. Ancient people such as these are a reminder that mankind indeed was created fully formed and intelligent from the beginning, just as the Bible proclaims. You know, as we study ancient relics from the past like this, it becomes very obvious that ancient peoples were on at least the same level cognitively as we are today. We were never less than human as we're so commonly taught. And the Phaestus disc is just one of many thousands of examples of the ingenuity of ancient mankind. Artifacts like these contradict the evolutionary origin story so much that they've been classified as out of place artifacts or upards for short. And as many of you, no, I actually produced a two-hour documentary on this called 30 Out-of-Place Artifacts, which you can get by contacting our ministry, which I encourage you to do. And what's so exciting about this is that while artifacts like the Phaestus disc contradict evolutionary origin stories, they actually help confirm biblical history. Because the Bible teaches that we didn't evolve up from the animals. Rather, it teaches that God created human beings as is, fully formed and fully functional from the beginning. And the fact that we were made in God's image means that we were given cognitive abilities far above that of the animals. In other words, man was created fully human and intelligent right from the beginning. And with this proper understanding, these out-of-place artifacts aren't out of place at all, neither do they create great mystery or controversy. Yeah, you know, what a lot of people have said that uh, they feel like we're getting better because we've evolved. And, uh, and I've always challenged that because we've devolved. But the idea is that out-of-place artifacts, and that's at BibleDiscoveryTV.com, go there, because that's a great piece, great series of DVDs. But that's important to remember because yeah. we need to focus on, wait a minute, history. That's different than science of today. Mm -hmm. So there's historical science and then there's real science. Anyway, that's another story for another day. We'll talk to Richard about that in a minute. But Janice yeah, has a question. We do. And it's a fun Friday wrap-up question from everything that we've read from last weekend all the way through this week. And I want to remind you that if you are a new viewer, our daughter Corey and her husband Matlock do a week review that you can catch on her YouTube channel. All you have to do is search her name, Corey Babechko, C-O-R-I-E, B-O-B-E-C-H-K-O, -E and you can see the weekly recap of what we've done. All it's right. also on Bible Discovery TV Network. Very anyway, good. go ahead. All right. Now, here is the question. We're going to put Ryan on the spot, and Richard, if you want to join too, and those of you at home. It is a difficult question this time. I am oh. going to put that out there if you haven't read the portions in the last little while. All right. Paul gives two names to Timothy as an example to describe people who resist the truth, men who are corrupt in mind, worthless in regard to the faith, what are the two names that he gives? And here are your three choices. Jannies and Jambres, Nadab and Abihu, or Ananias and Sapphira. 
What are the two names that he gives as examples? Janus and Jambres, Nadab and Abihu, or Anani. Ananias and Sapphira. They're having a very I can hear, high I can, level. I can hear. Sapphira or Old Testament, yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah. that really leaves one and three. Okay. So I, I think number one. Number one. You yeah. think so? Yeah. I, I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. with number one. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> they're waiting. Yeah, they're waiting. Should right? we? Am should right? we say <laughs> that? Now, what have you decided at home? If you have decided the same as Ryan and Richard, then congratulations. You have the right answer. <laughs> Second Timothy 3, verse 8 says, Now Janus and Jambres resisted Moses. So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. Always check out my answers Those to make sure. Those are that musicians I'm from Pharaoh's uh, little magicians, escapade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, magicians from Pharaoh's mm-hmm. little escapade of when they took them out. Anyway. Uh, good answer. Good, good job. This is an <laughs> important job. question. We're talking about the Ice Age. Are you ready for this? I've heard many people say, well, there's two, three Ice Ages, maybe going into another Ice Age now. There is evidence for an Ice Age. But what does the Bible yeah. say about the Ice Age? Yeah, there is. The Bible doesn't say much about an Ice Age. Um, it's, it's the, if, you, if you want to look for biblical references to an ice age, the best place to look is the book of Job. Book of Job, very old book in the Bible, those events happening to Job, uh, perhaps shortly after the flood, during the time of the ice age. Uh, it turns out, and it's very difficult to get an ice age going, because what you need to get an ice age going is, an ice age is characterized by ice sheets, uh, kilometers thick ice sheets and glaciers on the continents. In order to get that, you need heat in the oceans to evaporate more ocean water to get the precipitation. But you can't have heat on the continents. The continents need to be cool. And the summers need to be so cool that the snow that falls in the winter doesn't completely melt every year. So every year it builds up and builds up and builds up. But you need the heat in the oceans to get the evaporation. What natural phenomenon is gonna produce that? The sun's radiation being lessened would cool down the whole earth. You You wouldn't get the ice sheets. Turns out the flood, the global flood of Noah, is a perfect trigger (laughs) to get an ice age, beginning immediately after the flood, lasting for about 700 years, peaking maybe at around 500 years. And uh, so it builds up very rapidly. There's lots of good evidence for that. So this material is also on your website, creation.com. Lots of it there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you can, can, so that's fascinating. The flood is the perfect trigger. Yes, yeah, it's amazing. Michael Ord actually writes extensively yep. on this yep. uh, on their website as well as in in books and things. So, yeah, yeah, he's probably Mister Ice Age. He's a retired <laughs> meteorologist. Yeah, that's right. right. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a weatherman. So yeah, he's so great. He was. There's and the Ice Age is, is fascinating. I know that there there's been people who've discovered animals that seem to be tropical animals that we would call tropical animals under the ice in Antarctica and Antarctica. Like, what is that about? I mean. There must have been something going on. Yeah, some of those things are a little more difficult to explain. Like if people have heard of, you know, hundreds of thousands of mammoths and mastodons. And then and those, some of those stories are, are uh, embellished a little bit, uh, like complete mammoths frozen with, with food in their mouths and so on. There's, there's some of that. There's undigested plant material. And the explanation from some people has been flash freezing. That must have been a flash freezing event. Um, there's other explanations for that. Um, some of them, like seawater and, and fresh water, fresh water tends to float on seawater. It can stay unmixed for actually a long time. And so, so seawater is 
below because it's heavy. Yeah. And fresh yeah. water's on top. And so it could be that ice dams were holding back uh, melting glacier water and then broke and a whole bunch of fresh water covered the oceans, which were liquid. And then you, you have that freezing, all that fresh water, because salt water freezes at a lower temperature. And so then you don't have the moderation effect on temperature that ocean water has. And suddenly the, the atmospheric temperature drops tremendously. But it, it, it doesn't require a like massive temperature drop there could have been a, a significant temperature drop to catch some of these animals off guard. Yeah. And so when we talk about, uh, everybody's talking about global climate change these days, and we'll, we'll get more into this on the next program, but uh, there's a lot of people who are, are saying, well, you know, it's, we're gonna go back into climate change, back into the ice age, the fourth and fifth ice age. Christians need to, to rethink how they perceive history. Is that correct? That's that's the, the the whole climate change debate is a huge. Then you get into political issues and so on. Um, it, it's it's really it depends on how you which science you want to promote and which you want to sweep under the carpet. Um, it, th there's there's a whole bunch of data out there to suggest that there it, there's no emergency. But yes, the climate is changing. Is there more CO2 in the atmosphere than there was years ago? Yes, a little bit. That's actually having a wonderful effect on the Sahara. The Sahara Desert is greening because there's more CO2. CO2 is plant food. Our government here in Canada calls it a pollutant. Uh, it's not, a, try taking all of it out. We die. <laughs> <laughs> plants need CO2 to live and we eat plants. So it's, yeah. That's very, very interesting, you know, as we, and, and you, you get into these things when you talk about this, of course, and I, I hear what you're saying. So we'll talk about that on the next program. So make sure you call somebody, call your friends or call somebody and let them know that you're talking. If you're on the internet, just go back and see the previous programs. They're very good. Richard is with Creation Ministry International. Uh, you need to go to creation.com, creation.com. He'll come to your church. Uh, they'll put on a presentation. They're very good at it. They're excellent. They've done it for us three times. So make sure you do that. Right now, let's get back to the program because it's time to pray for the people have sent in for prayer requests. I want to invite you to join us on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 3.30 to 4.30. We have a live prayer meeting. We pray for you. We'd like you to join us and send us your prayer request. And we'll pray live and we'll ask God to touch you. There is a real spirit there that's just wonderful. The Holy Spirit is always there. That's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 3.30 to 4.30, Facebook, YouTube, or Bible Discovery TV. Today, let's pray this way at the end of the program. Lord, make my life right with you. Help me to read your word. 